You're listening to WTJU Soundboard for this Friday, March 31st, 2023. I'm Ari Baloo, and this week, Amazon layoffs hitting Virginia, shakeups in the State Department of Education, and some nature-inspired paintings at the Quirk Gallery downtown. Let's jump into the stories. Last week saw some big changes in Virginia's Department of Education. Former Director Jillian Balow resigned abruptly, and it turns out she's getting a sweet severance package. And now, Governor Glenn Youngkin has appointed a Tennessee education official to take her place. WTJU's Nathan Moore spoke with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. I mean, the thing is that Youngkin, you know, came in saying, I'm going to totally reform education, so he brought in a conservative Republican from, from Wyoming to do so. But there were some problems, namely... She, you know, was controversial. And also there are some management issues like she underfunded some schools by $200 million, which isn't good. So she ends up resigning and she's now going to be getting a severance package of $266,000. And she signs a non-disclosure agreement to not just uh, to discuss, you know, anything with anyone about the, you know, her time there in the office of uh, superintendent of state instruction on her severance package. One thing that struck me, it sounds so much like something out of a, a corporation, you know, like a hedge fund where Youngkin came from. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody, you, you screw up, then you get a big package. In any event, uh, uh, Lisa Kuntz from uh, Tennessee is going to come in. She was the head of Tennessee's education department, and she's going to come in and uh, take over. What do we know about Lisa Kuntz uh, coming in from Tennessee? Well, I don't know. I did a little bit of searching, and I, I really haven't come up with much. I mean, uh, Below was, was kind of a open-and-shut book. I mean, she's a staunch conservative Republican from Wyoming and was a politician there, too. And I can't find the exact situation for Ms. Kuntz. You know, I know she's well-educated. She's a Ph.D. and all that. But I can't see that she's been as active in politics, Republican politics, as her predecessor was. For Arts This Week, we chatted with Diana Nelson, curator of the Quirk Gallery. The gallery sits in the Quirk Hotel downtown and features the paintings of a different artist every few months. I asked her about the current exhibit, Constant Anomalies. So this body of work serves as a reminder of the intricate ecosystems all around us. The artist Susanna Fields is calling on us to stop and spend more time to look at them. The unassuming patch of lichen is something that would stop Susanna in her tracks on her springtime hikes. She takes pictures of the lichen, observing its layers and variation in color. The organic shape of these branch-like structures find their way into her composition. Susanna's art is peppered with bubbles that are filled with random fractals of color. Some look like clusters of frog eggs, others like brain scans. And she uses a unique technique. So she starts with a clear gel that she will tint While that gel is still wet, she'll apply acrylic, and the paint will create branch-like structures on their own. Sometimes she'll manipulate the paint a little bit with the end of her brush, but usually the paint just does its own thing, and she'll allow it to dry while she works on another part of the piece. Susanna has a studio out in Afton Mountain, and she's heavily inspired by the nature that's found along Virginia's many hiking trails. She loves tadpoles, moss, geodes, all of those things that have small repeated patterns that she then tries to replicate in her own artwork. Susanna Fields will be at the gallery on Sunday, April 8th at 2 p.m. The Quirk Gallery is open seven days a week, and you can check out the exhibits online at quirkgallery.com. 
What do you love about Charlottesville? That's the question that five longtime locals were asked to explore in this year's We Are Seville issue of Seville Weekly. From beautiful poems to long love letters, the responses are thoughtful, creative, and full of hope for the city of Charlottesville. We spoke with Seville Weekly's editor, Richard DiCicco, to find out more. So the feature this week, it's part of a special issue that we do every year called We Are Seville. So to tie in with that, we decided to ask people in the community to send us love letters to Charlottesville. You know, what does Charlottesville mean to them? What are their memories of it? What do they remember from growing up or moving here or just anything they wanted to say? We really kind of left it open. And we contacted a bunch of different people, but the ones who ended up speaking with us were David Plunkett, the Jefferson Madison Regional Library Director, Miller Murray Susan, a freelance writer, director, and editor, Rochelle Claiborne, who is a singer, songwriter, actress, and poet, uh, Michael Payne, Charlottesville City Council member, and then Edwina Herring, who defines herself as a teacher, musician, and storyteller. And Both Edwina Herring and Rochelle Claiborne wrote poems, actually, to Charlottesville, whereas the other three wrote more traditional letters. And the poems are delightful because the poems capture something that I think the letters the letters can't do just because of their format. Like the the poems can be more abstract and they can deal with with more like an emotional response to things. And so I think that that's their real strength. And both poems are very different in their own way. The one by Edwina Herring is like very much written in the style of like a love letter. It's like, these are the reasons that I love you, Charlottesville. And it's both about the nature, about the places you can go, the way it makes her feel, things like that. Virginia is one of just two states where people convicted of felonies are permanently stripped of their right to vote. Only the governor has the power to restore that right. And for the last decade, that process has either been automatic or had some pretty clear criteria to qualify. Republican Governor Bob McDonnell restored the rights for 10,000 people. Then Democratic Governors Terry McAuliffe and Ralph Northam restored rights for another 300,000 combined. Governor Yunkin has not come close to those numbers, and we're not sure why. Michael Pope spoke with Sean Winetta of the ACLU of Virginia. At first glance, it seemed that the Yunkin administration last year was going to continue the process that that the Northam administration had, had sort of advanced. And it appeared that way because in May of last year, the Yunkin administration restored rights to over uh, 3,000, just under 4,000 people. But unfortunately, throughout the rest of the year, he only restored rights for a few hundred more people. So clearly, the policy or the, the posture of the Yunkin administration had changed. Do we have any indication of why he changed his mind on this issue or why he's taking a different approach now than he did previously? We don't know what the governor's criteria is now. We knew what Northam's criteria was. We knew what McCullough's criteria was. We knew what McDonald's criteria was. But a change within the Yunkin administration has not been made public. Some of the behind the scenes that we understand, uh, there were members of of the Republican caucus in the General Assembly who were really displeased with the Yunkin administration restoring all those rights back in May, really sort of went to the Yunkin administration and said, we are not pleased with this. You're restoring people that have charges that we don't like or people that we simply don't want to see restored. We could certainly speculate as to what those reasons are, but we do know that there was a reach out from Republicans in the General Assembly. That's Michael Pope speaking with Sean Winetta on his podcast, Pod Virginia. The tech giant Amazon has recently paused construction on its new East Coast headquarters in Arlington. The company has also laid off some 9,000 workers. Part of Amazon's deal with Virginia included partnerships with public universities. 
WTJU's Nathan Moore spoke with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. One of the selling factors towards Amazon moving to Northern Virginia was that Virginia Tech would build a big center there um, for its students to, to train and study and work directly with Amazon. Timothy Sands, the president of uh, Virginia Tech, has come on saying, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. But, I mean, the thing is about the, the, the layoffs are really everybody's been laying off. I mean, all of the tech people like, you know, Google, Facebook, um, you name it. And um, the reason that Amazon apparently, has, they, they, they announced layoffs of about 10,000 late last year. And now there's another nine or 10,000 just announced in addition to that. And one of the reasons why all this is happening was during the early years of the pandemic, a lot of these tech firms overhired people. They thought they'd need more people than they really did. And things changed, and now they don't need them anymore. So they're getting rid of them. Sounds like part of the HQ2 pause also is that Amazon just got a lot more hybrid and remote workers these days. Yeah, and that's another thing. And um, and I know more and more younger people that I know who worked in, in some form of technology are all doing it from far away. And um, nobody seems to mind. That, that whole project was supposed to be a big boon for that part of the world. I mean, it's not far from the Pentagon or National Airport. It's um, going to be a good boost. Thanks to Peter Galaska, Diana Nelson, and Richard DeChico for joining us this week. Our stories are produced by Catherine Hansen and Britton Graber. Interviews conducted by Nathan Moore and Michael Pope. You can hear the news live on WTJU 91.1 FM, weekdays at 9 and 4, and Arts This Week every Wednesday at noon and 7. I'm Orion Ballou. Our theme song is Kyoja Beat by Morena Lasco and Jay Pun. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts and check out more shows at virginiaaudio.org.